What will we find in today's Thursday thrillers here on the Mutual Audio Network? A few baffling mysteries? Perhaps a touch of murder? Let's find out. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. been on the road for days. Feels like weeks. All I have is Ulysses and my thoughts. My regrets. I couldn't save you, lady. And I couldn't save that kid. I don't even know his name. I avoided the story in the news. It didn't stop me from feeling the weight of his small, limp body over my shoulder when I stumbled out of that orphanage. I've heard of a phantom pain from a missing limb, but I've never heard of phantom sorrow. And it's the same with you too, dammit. Feeling your fingers trace circles on my stubbled cheeks, not knowing when it happened was the last time I would feel it in the flesh. Are you sulking over there, Frank? Or are you finally catching up on sleep? I am as empathetic as any bartender could be, but your pouting is beyond pathetic. You're a hero, Frank. But right now, you're the champion of sticks in the mud. None of it is your fault. Torturing yourself doesn't fix anything. Okay, fine. Sulk in silence. That's how we'll stop a cataclysmic event. I'm no hero, and any pain that manifests itself is less than I deserve. I noticed the fuel gauge sinking towards E as Ulysses started turning off the country road into an old service station. The bell dinged at our approach. Nestling up against a pump, the car stopped. An attendant came out that couldn't have been a day shy of 80. 
A rickety mannequin hobbled over wearing a pristinely ironed white jumpsuit. Hello there, folks. Fill her up? Oh, don't worry about that. I can pump my own gas. Oh, no, no, no. I insist. I've been on my ass all day. Are you going to take away an old man's excuse for some exercise? <laughs> my wife will have your ass. Well, we wouldn't want to perturb the missus, would we? So where are you fellas headed? There's not much around. Practically a wasteland past these next few hills. Are you boys one of those thrill chases uh, going to check out that old ghost town? Ulysses and I both locked eyes. Now that could definitely be a point of interest. Yeah, um, that's exactly where we were headed. What's the quickest way to get there? Well, it's about 20 miles down the road. You'll hit the bottom of a little valley. There's a few dirt roads. If you take any of them, they should take you into that town. Do you happen to know what the town is called? Can't say that I do. Nobody really knows much about it. There's no shines and it's not on any map. Of course, the folks that live around here like to pass on a couple stories, but I'm sure it's old nonsense. Could you humor us a bit more? What have you heard about the place? He took his hat off and wiped some sweat from his brow, using his liver-spotted hands. Now, I'm not much for gossip, but people who live around here stay away from that town entirely. Even the rowdy teenagers are too afraid of that place. I know that every couple months I speak to the highway patrol about missing people from out of town. But of course they never come back to tell me if they found them or not. But if they were runaways, I don't really think that they would want to be found. Well, you're all good to go. Thank you for indulging us, sir. If you're headed out to that town, just be careful. Ulysses paid the man, and we headed down the road looking for our ghost town. Mile after mile, nothing but untended farms and overgrown woods. After 30 minutes of driving, a small series of dirt paths appeared branching off of the main road. We picked one at random. Since the old man at the gas station said all roads lead to the same town, we figured it didn't matter. The dirt path was significantly less accommodating than the highway. I thought I was going to get motion sickness when the car suddenly stopped. A fallen tree blocked the road. Damn. Looks like we have a choice. Either we drive all the way back to the main road to select another path, or we go on a little hike. <sighs> Who knows how long that'll take. It's already getting dark. I guess we'll be taking the Shoelace Express. Well, let us abscond to our luxurious rustic retreat. Frank, there's a bag in the trunk. Uh, would you mind? Sure thing. The cool evening breeze filtered its way through the imposing forest. We trekked the path for about 20 minutes before arriving at a dilapidated facade that was once a wall. 
The wild spirit of the forest claimed what used to be a fence in the grouping of buildings. It reminded me how replaceable we all are, shuffling about until nature reclaims us. Kind of disappointed in myself if that's where my thoughts go now, straight to the dark and depressing. These buildings uh, look old as dirt. Looks almost as if the architecture predates the colonial era. But it doesn't really make sense for this to be here, not like this. You do have your pistol on you, don't you, Frank? Yeah. But what's wrong, Ulysses? Is this place giving you the heebie-jeebies? Something is not right, Frank. This isn't supposed to be here. And I don't think we are, either. I had to admit, it didn't feel like I was in the same world. It's like we were lost in time. As much as I'd like to blame a sympathetic nervousness shared with Ulysses, I was beginning to feel dread whispering in my ears. You know that feeling, when someone's watching you? Well, I've felt it the past few minutes. Frank! Frank, hand me the bag! Frank! What the hell is in this thing, anyways? I thought we kept most of our supplies in the back seat. Ulysses didn't answer me. His only response was glaring into the forest, scanning for something. I noticed that the singing of birds and rustling of leaves wasn't there anymore. The ambient ceiling of woodland critters lay silent, echoing no life from the canopies. I pulled out my revolver. I hadn't used it since Jonah. I'm not sure I even could. Frank, we need to move. The car is too far away. We're going to have to go into one of these buildings. Fear was building in both of us. Not just the fear of the unknown and the shadows of the forest. But we also don't know what's lurking in these buildings either. We can't just assume it's a safe haven. We slowly backed away from the center of the ancient town, positioning our backs to the closest building to us. A stone giant whose crumbling facade still kept watch over the sleepy moss-covered town. There was a stirring in the brush, a spat of whispers undulating in the dark sounded violent, like wolves clacking teeth over who gets the first kill. This was not good. Something or some things diffused themselves from the shadows and started their approach. The heel of my shoe clacked against the stone steps behind me. Finally a semblance of safety. I tried the door but it wouldn't give. Centuries of calcification petrified the door in place. Frank! We don't have time for this! Frank! Come on, get your ass in here! Ulysses! Push that table over here. I'm going to check the windows and doors so those cretins can't get in. As soon as the table was jammed into the door, our new friends outside were banging and clawing to get inside. It looked as if whatever those things were, they didn't possess much raw strength. What was I doing here? I shouldn't have just run off without a plan. We should have stayed with Dusty and Sam. I bet they got it easy. Lady J, 
Justice Investigations, please hold. Lady Justice Investigations, one, second, one moment, please. Lady Justice uh, Investigations, one second, please hold. Your hold on one second, please. Your neighbor killed your cat. Sir, you one need second, to talk to sir. the police. Well, thanks a lot, Frank. Just up and leave me with Sam here to pick up the pieces. I'm really not mad at him, but after he took down Jonah, we got real busy. Despite the backlash from the mayor and the police chief bringing down the hammer on Joe, people wanted to go with the agency responsible for taking down a serial killer. In the public's mind, we were more effective than the police, which is not really a good PR move when you need a favor from the cops. Joe was forced to retire early for allowing Frank so close to the investigation. Frank killing Jonah brought up a lot of questions from Joe's superiors, and he was essentially canned with honors. Wow, Dusty, the phones were ringing off the hook today. I just wish people would stop calling for cats and trees or back alley drug deals. We aren't the police. Well, I can handle the phones, Dusty, if you want to get caught up on your cases. It looks like it's slowing down. Okay, I'll head out on that Mason case. Lady Justice Investigation. Are you dusty? Yes, ma'am. You need help finding your son? Oh, well, something like that. Uh, please, come in. Can I get you a tea? Or a coffee? Oh, no thanks, ma'am. Uh, we'll have a seat. The house smelled like stale cat urine and the furniture was matted with different colors of loose fur. I definitely didn't want to stick around here long. So about your son? Well, I am sorry to be misleading, but I, I wanted to talk about what I actually need you for in person. It is true that I need help with my son, but it's not that he's lost physically so much as morally. He's been hanging around that awful group of friends of his, and I, I feel like the work that he does with them down at the docks isn't exactly legal. He works very late at night, and sometimes he's gone for days. I know that he's a strong young man, but I just don't want that kind of life for him. You know, a a mother worries. His name is Ricky. He's working at night, and I would love for you to put my mind at ease. Well, with all due respect, ma'am, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a happy ending with this one. But I will find out tonight what kind of work your Ricky does. I got up feeling clumps of feline hair clinging to me. I felt that it was rude to brush myself off right there in front of her, so I waited till I got outside. It was true what I told her. There probably wasn't going to be a happy ending with this one. The docks were kind of a cliché place for a crime to take place, especially the organized crime. This is where the mafia families or the fences dealing in stolen goods would receive their shipments. Joe and Frank both told me to always steer clear, but this was a simple reconnaissance mission. I didn't even have to do any poking around, I just had to watch somebody from afar. Before I left the house, she gave me a small wallet-sized picture of Ricky, who was a few years old. 
That shouldn't be too hard to find a large-statured man with orange hair and a rust-colored mustache. Down on the farthest dock near the end was a small boat with a singular container on it. Between the boat's operator and the men unloading, there was five guys. It was a little too far away for me to tell if one of them was Ricky. I needed to get closer, but there wasn't a lot of cover on the dock. Keeping to the shadows rendered by cranes and other loading equipment, I found myself halfway down the dock. From this new vantage point, I could make out my mark. I spotted the name on the side of the boat the men were unloading. The Black Narwhal. They stopped working and I watched Ricky share a cigarette with his co-workers. I reviewed how Frank taught me to blend in with my surroundings, not just wearing dark clothes to match the shadows either. He told me to dress like I was supposed to be there and to have the confidence to match. The latter was a work in progress. I guess that's it. The boss just wanted this? Why did he go through the trouble of a whole container? It's so small. Must be something for his weird collection. <laughs> Maybe he can open up a museum and call it useless crap from around the world. <laughs> they unloaded box after box out of that container, but only left with a small bag. The guy said something about a weird collection. It must be stolen goods. I didn't know if Ricky was complicit in any crimes or if he was just a dock worker. That's all the information I could gather. I would need to do more digging. Maybe start with the narwhal and a formal background check on Ricky and his employer. Walking back to the car, I was wondering how I'd break the news to Mrs. Mason if worse came to worse. That was something Frank never taught me, how to break bad news to a distraught mother. I was disappointed that I couldn't find a definite answer because my cases are piling up, but Rome wasn't built in a day. The door to my car was ajar, but I could have sworn I closed it. But with how busy I've been, I'm sure I miss a few details here and there on a few things. I fully opened the door and plopped down in the seat I looked up into the rearview mirror and met a cold set of eyes before my vision went dark with burlap. I struggled, but I was overpowered. I was gripped from my vehicle and thrust into another. You shouldn't have been poking around, pal. Do you think he belongs to the Mozello family? Of course he does. The Mozello crime family was always in the news. They were aggressive and highly territorial. They were known for their brutality over everything. I don't belong to the Mosellos. There was no response. The whole ride was quiet after that. But we finally came to a stop. I was drug out of the car until I stumbled into a walk, being pushed forward every couple steps. The air smelled like freshly cooked food, a variety of foods actually. I assumed between that and the distant chattering of plates, I was moved to a restaurant. We passed what sounded like a bustling kitchen before reaching a flight of stairs. It's not easy to navigate stairs blind and being shoved, but I managed. Reaching the bottom landing, the air felt heavy with moisture. It had a thick, dank scent to match. 
I shuffled down the hall until I heard one of my captors search through a ring of keys. Since I knew he was preoccupied, I charged at him, hoping to knock him down. But before I could, I was tripped from the side. <laughs> what are you gonna do, little guy? Donnie, don't fuck him up too bad. We still have to ask him what he was doing snooping around Mr. Storelli's business. Well, that was embarrassing. I might have screwed up a solid chance to get out of here. I was dragged on the ground the rest of the way into the room. My assailants lifted me up and slammed my body into a chair. Cold metal greeted my skin. My wrists were held down and fastened to the arms of my humiliating throne. And then, my ankles were bound as well. Frank told me if something like this happened, I should just keep myself calm and try to think of a way out of it. <coughs> Ow. Oh, okay, Spencer. You tell me not to touch the kid, and then you don't even ask him a question before you start wailing on him. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. If you're gonna fucking cry all night long about it, go ahead. Get a couple shots in. Just don't kill him yet. Wait, guys, wait! <sighs> okay, Donnie, enough. Hey, sorry about my friend here. He gets a little overzealous. Just tell me why you were at the docks. You'll be back home in no time. There's definitely a misunderstanding going on. I was just there to see Ricky. His mom said that he hadn't been home in a few days, so I was just checking up on a missing person. What do you think, Donnie? You think he was looking for a long-lost lamb? Because I think that story is a bunch of bullshit. Uh, I mean, Ricky was with us. I don't buy it. I don't fucking buy it. <clears throat> okay, kid. Time to come clean. Who were you working for, and why were you really on the dock? I'm just doing a favor for Ricky's mom. That's it. I'm checking up on Ricky. She was worried about him. Sorry, but I don't believe your little story about a sweet old lady looking for her son. Hey, Donnie. How about you look after this kid, huh? If we're gonna be here for a while, I need to grab that shit out of the car. After being beaten... My consciousness faded in and out. I heard the door open again. It must have been a while that I had been out, because the blood on my face dried to a burlap sack still over my head. Wait, I know who this kid is, Donnie. You hear about that nut job that was sucking on people's blood or some shit? This is the kid that caught him. No shit. It wasn't me. What's that kid? It wasn't me. It was Frank. I'm practically a secretary. Looks like it's you in this paper. Donnie brandished a paper from the last week with Joe and I on the cover in front of Lady Justice Investigations. Yeah, but it wasn't me. If I was Frank, you two guys wouldn't even be standing. <laughs> this guy's got a little bit of spunk to him, doesn't he? That's alright, kid. Nobody's tough in the last moments. I watched the light leave the eyes of many men. And you'll be no different. You'll be just like them, scared, alone, begging for mercy. You want to do it now, or wait till the boss gets here? You know how the boss likes to have his fun now and again. As drool and blood raced to the concrete slab below me, my eyes followed Spencer's hand as he pulled a large coin out of a felt bag. The coin also birthed a tattered parchment floating to the floor. Hey, what's that? This says, the strength to destroy your enemies. And that's a bunch of gibberish under it. 
Give me that, you rockhead. If you rip this, the boss will have your ass. Probably mine too. <laughs> this ain't gibberish, idiot. This is Latin. I'm kinda curious what it does to my enemies. Spencer turned to look at me with an evil scowl. His eyes matched the ones I saw in the rearview mirror before I was abducted. No surprise there. To destroy my enemies. Lupus ad pugnum expergisi. Lupus ad pugnum expergisi. <laughs> well, so much for that. More useless trinkets for the boss's collection. Part of me thought something might actually happen. But of course it didn't. What was supposed to happen? Blow me up into a million pieces? Turn me into a frog? Spencer and Donnie did a number on me. The pain I was in. It made me wish I was blown up. I felt my consciousness begin to fade again. I couldn't even lift my head. I think that might be the boss pulling in. Spencer clicked off the lights and shut and locked the door. A chill washed over my body as I fell unconscious. Hey everyone. Welcome to Season 2, which I promise gets even more thrilling. As promised, it's shout-out time for our superstar backers who contributed $50 or more for our Kickstarter campaign. Brad Dancer, Daniel, with no last name, Eric Manring, James Donovan, Rusty Shackelford, I'm sure that's his real name, and Jeff Krakenberg. We couldn't have had a successful campaign without you. So from the bottom of our hearts, the Neon Shadows team thanks you. Dusty Willis and the Old Man were voiced by Dan Faulkner. Frank Dixon and Spencer were voiced by Ian Knowles. Mrs. Mason was voiced by Amber Tubman. Donnie and Sam were voiced by Ellie Hirschman. Ulysses was voiced by Sean Goodrich. Well, stranger, we appreciate you stopping by to spend some time with us in the shadows. If you want more Neon Shadows, head over to at Neon Shadows Pod on all social media and check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Neon Shadows Pod. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. The theme song is Neon Shadows. Performed by Amber Wren, written by Tyler Brown and Ian Knowles. Neon Shadows was created and written by Ian Knowles. All rights reserved. Copyright Blunderbuss Studios 2021. Reuse or reproduction of our content is strictly prohibited. Welcome to Thriller Thursdays, your weekly home for action, mystery, and crime drama on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.